Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. Now, usually, William Hansen and I would be exploring each and every episode of the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances, but. Today, things are slightly different, aren't they, William? Are you excited? Oh, I'm excited for your bonus. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so excited I could cry Royal Dalton Glazed tears of hyacinth fanboy joy. My periwinkles are twitching at the prospect of who we're about to talk to. Now, William and I will be back soon for the fourth series of Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast, but... Today we're absolutely thrilled to say we're about to serve up tea and light refreshments to Jeremy Gittins, who many Bucketheads will know as Vicar! Born in 1956 in Manchester, Jeremy has appeared in many well-loved British sitcoms. Not just Keeping Up Appearances, he's been in Terry and June, Blackadder, The Kenny Everett Show, plus appearances in dramas such as Casualty and EastEnders. But it's as Michael the Vicar that all of us know him best for. Joining in the second episode of the first series, alongside Marion Barron, who played his wife, Jeremy starred in 19 episodes of the series... Was he in every single series, William? Well, as you and the Bucketheads know, I love a stat. So I've got a bit of I've got of course a few you do. stats. You and your stats. Jeremy, slash the vicar, he was in two episodes of series one, three in each of series two and three, then two in the fourth series, and then a whopping six in the fifth series, thank you God, plus three specials. So there'll be a lot to talk about. So we better get on with this quickly before Onslow and Daisy arrive and spoil the whole thing. Please Sit yourself down. No, not there. I like to face the window. Welcome to the Keeping Up Appearances Luxury Podcast Studio, Jeremy Gittins. (laughs) 
so Jeremy, lovely to meet you. Welcome to our Keeping Up Appearances luxury studio with the Roald Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles. <laughs> yes, I have to say in terms of detail, absolutely spot on. <laughs> yes, and I should just reveal for all of our bucket heads, Jeremy nearly accidentally threw one of the Roald Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles across the studio floor, which would have been a hilarious Elizabeth yes. moment. Yes, and it's, you know, what time is it? It's only about <laughs> four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even had one yet. All over my rug. <laughs> so uh, let's go all the way back to the very beginning, if you wouldn't mind. Do you remember when you were first cast as the vicar? Do you remember the process? Um, yes, I remember it vividly, actually. Previously, I'd been home to my agent's office at the time. I mean, I'd, I was very lucky, had a very nice career, but it's never good enough. Is it? <laughs> well, um, so it was a bit quiet on the telly front. Lots of plays, lots of commercials, um, but thought, no, I wanted to, wanted to have a bit more exposure on television. So I popped into my agent's office and agents being um, as they're like said, oh, I was just thinking of you mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, and said, look, there's this chap I know uses quite a lot of our people because um, he trusts them. And he, he had a very good school of actors with him. And uh, he said his name is Harold Snowd, and he occasionally sees people from time to time, just a general interview, just to meet him, and uh, mm. that's good enough for me. So I met Harold at the BBC, no job involved, no, no, there's nothing in the pipeline, and he gets people to read, or got me to read, something like myself and something nothing like myself, okay. just to see whether they were a one-trick pony or not. Somehow I fluked it, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously uh, he, he must have liked me, because um, about three weeks, I think it was later, I just took a phone call and um, my agent said, look, um, there's a new series going on at the BBC. They've done the pilot and there's a part for a vicar in it and they'd like you to play the part. I said, well, casting. I said, no, no, straight offer. Wow. Um, Pat Routledge is in it. Um, and I knew of her. I couldn't remember what I'd seen her in and then remembered it was Noises Off mm. at the Picc Piccadilly, I think it was. And she's brilliant. Um, so it had a very good pedigree. And I thought, oh, let's mm. hope. Because I've done quite a few pilots in the past. Um, mm. um, and even though this wasn't the pilot, it's very early in the series. And uh, you have no idea what they're going to turn into until they decide not to go for a second series. Mm. Thank goodness this wasn't the case. Quite. But you were quite young to be playing a vicar. Did that occur to you at the time? Because normally vicars are old men, aren't they? And you were the young, dishy vicar. Uh, well, yeah, um, I was. I was, suppose I was late 20s, I think, late 20s. Um, yes, it was not usual casting, uh, but I wasn't going to object to that. And I yeah. quite liked the part, actually, yeah. because uh, it wasn't millions of miles away from me in as much as sort of RP... Do you believe in God? <laughs> <laughs> um, year by year, more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so not so Hedge much of the time. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went to church like everybody yeah, else. I was yeah. a choir boy when I was younger, actually. So did you base the character on a real vicar? Or did you find uh, your way in the character? No, I just found my way, really. I don't think I've actually played any vicars before, but... but it, Have you played any vicars since? No, that's a strange one, really, because the amount of casting directors afterwards said, oh, I really like you in Keeping Up Appearances. You make such a good vicar. I said, if anything comes up in the future, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure you, we get you seen for it. And, of course, you can't have the vicar in keep, Keeping Up Appearances appearing in a drama because <laughs> you think, that's weird. Where's well, we wouldn't from? mind. We'd love it. <laughs> that's very kind of you. 
But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 I think you, know, you, you don't do one programme like that in a uniform and it's not quite so easy to mm. jump into other things. So I haven't subsequently, no. And how much was on the page for those first uh, few episodes that you did in series one in terms of how the vicar was meant to come across? Um, can you remember? Not lots. I can mm. sort of remember the first episode and it was... I think it was just a device, really, to have some uh, laughs at the yes. end yeah. at Hyacinth's expense. And mm. uh, um, there, was, there wasn't much about where I'd come from, what my life was like. No, because <laughs> Patricia Routledge has said the same, hasn't she, about Hyacinth and Richard. And they had to kind of find their way as actors in terms of what the backstory was for the two of them. Because yes. there, was, there was nothing written down other than the basic script. yes. Do we know if that's typical of kind of Roy Clark's writing or, or is that fairly standard? I haven't been in anything that Roy Clark's written before, so I couldn't really comment on that. But um, I do think once you've made a couple of initial decisions, then I think Roy Clark definitely takes note of those and writes a character mm. that is appealing to you. Um, and uh, I didn't find any great leaps were necessary to sort of change the character because of what he'd written. Mm -hmm. And had you ever worked with any of the rest of the cast? I mean, you, you mentioned that you had to rack your brains as to how you knew Patricia Routledge, but had you worked with any of the rest? I hadn't worked with Pat, no, but I'd, I'd worked with um, David Janssen, who plays... Oh, the Yes, yes, I did a play with him. A uh, very nice fella. And had I worked with any of the others up to then? No, no, not up to then. Okay, it was interesting. And when, when you first started recording it, that first scene that you were in, at that point, did you have any idea that you were about to become a, a very, very important character in a hugely successful comedy that was going to go around the world and become one of the biggest sellers? Make you, you must be famous everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, you do get recognised, which is mm. quite nice. I mean, I don't get recognised so much now. A lot of water under the bridge and don't look like I used to. However, yes, um, quite a lot of recognition there. I mean, without mm. the dog collar on, though, it's funny. People <laughs> don't put two yeah. and two together, especially yeah. when it's normally in a pub or somewhere. <laughs> Have you had people that sort of think that you actually are a vicar? And actually, can't separate, can't separate <laughs> fact from fiction. <laughs> Not yet. Probably no. closing time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing is, occasionally you get, you get fan letters and yeah. these sort of shows, and um, from all all over the world because it was sold an awful lot. And you have had the occasional one or invite to become a pastor in some uh, small church in the middle of either Africa or Canada or whatever. Well, Lovely. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I... I and think have you said yes to any of them? <laughs> <laughs> I think politely declined. Yes, yes, yes unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you, when you started recording it, and I don't know whether, maybe you can recall whether this was the same for all of the cast, when did it strike you that you were part of something that was going to become very big and very successful? Um, I think, well, when Roy, certainly personally, um, when I started to get written into the series more, I realised, mm. oh, I'm very much part of this, not just going in and out. I was there for about, about half the episodes, which was nice. Mm. Um, and, yes, yeah, so many people just said, look, we really like this, and, and the ratings were very, very good. Mm. And I think also all the characters eased into it very quickly, and there were no questions, what would he do in this or what would she do mm. in that situation? I think they became 
that character within rehearsals. We've said on this podcast that certainly, you know, Serious One is obviously phenomenal and it, it made it the success that it then then became. And it, if Serious One wasn't good, we wouldn't have had Series Two onwards. But certainly with Series Two, particularly with with Dame Patricia, but all the characters, it, it finds its groove and everyone sort of now knows what to do because we've seen what works maybe what doesn't work we think the character of Hyacinth becomes warmer in series two onwards whereas actually series one we think she's actually quite irritating oh really whereas series two onwards we we see there's more there's a harshness to her in series yeah. one right okay I think yeah and we see more of the silly side to her starting to come through and I mean William's quite right it feels as if from series two it feels as if everyone just relaxes and lets rip let's enjoy this let's really go for these characters I'm sure that's mm. true I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sure that's very much because you realise uh, there's a few more series of this in uh, potentially mm. and uh, when everybody feels more relaxed I think the whole thing becomes better. Did you get on with everyone? Yes, I got in, on with everybody. I mean I had my particular friends in it. Who mm. were? Um, well, I, Jeff Hughes I got on very, very well Onslow. With. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, he's a really <laughs> nice fellow. <laughs> Bit of class there. <laughs> Um, and he came round a couple of times and stayed with us in Kingston because he's not too far from the BBC. He lived up in Northamptonshire, right. way Oundle. Um, Oundle. Oundle, correct. Yeah. Thank you. I just I only did it because I, I like being corrected. <laughs> You're in the right place. I went to a very strict school, you know. Vicar, I will not have you mispronounce Oundle. <laughs> Funny enough, in one of the episodes, we had a big conversation with uh, when Hyacinth was going on holiday somewhere, and uh, she pronounced it brochure. Yes, instead of brochure. Love, yeah, but love brochure. Well, well, it's it's comedic, isn't it? And yeah. I can't remember whether it's because she thought it was comedic or whether she pronounced she it. She changes it a few times actually in that episode oh, does she? because at certain points it is brochure. Right. And then others, brochure. So she <laughs> she seems to play around with it. Yeah. That's when the brochure flows out, flies out the window. Because the yes. <laughs> Richard was driving so fast. <laughs> 20 miles an hour. Yes. <laughs> so you, you got on very well with, with Jeffrey Hughes. Yeah, particularly well. I mean, I didn't not get on with anybody. Mm. And I had a great relationship with Pat as well. Um, she was she was very, very nice to me, very, very always interested in my family, uh, what was going on, um, uh, and uh, I admired her work, but she, she, was, she, she was a formidable woman that, mm. uh, that I really respected. Yeah. And do you have a particular favourite scene that you ever did, that you, that one that stands out, whether it was because of a location, because of a piece of script or comedy? Um, I liked, there was one in a church hall, where I think there are three young ladies. There's a song about, was it three young ladies? Uh, this is where you were on the stage. <clears throat> yes, we're on the stage with, with, Emmett. With, with Emmett. And who's very good song and dance man. He does yeah. it with plomb and panache. He's mm. really good. And I'm not that man. <laughs> but I don't know how this happened, but they, he, it was obviously showing off. Um, in front of the ladies and did this nice little soft shoe shuffle or whatever, a bit of tap. And it was like, okay, you now, let's show you up. Well, I can't tap for nuts. <laughs> but what I could do, probably having had a couple of pints at a party, <laughs> is just move my hands a lot and tap <laughs> and move my feet like a ridiculous rate on the ground that made it look and sound like I was tapping for Britain. Love it. 
and it was it was just ridiculous. Um, but it looked like I could tap dance. It did. It, it made did, a, yeah. Oh, made a hell of a racket. You've just ruined the moment for us. Sorry <laughs> about that. Gosh, you must have been Sorry a very good that. dancer. No, I'm afraid there were no musicals in the West End after that one oh. for me. Oh. And no, of course, I do it, dance. I have done musicals and dance, mm. but um, I'm, I'm not. You wouldn't pay money to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't say that. Someone could be listening. Who might want to book you? Oh, I think yeah. my days are over. <laughs> They couldn't take the surgical stockings. <laughs> uh, I would imagine you had huge fun recording the episodes, didn't you? Uh, yes. I mean, lots of it we had a hoot. Uh, Did was... you corpse? Did you get the giggles or, or was it not the done thing? Do you know, I didn't. I'm very old school like that. Um, I do in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it's the fun, just the funniest things get you going. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and it's also the, the cruelest things. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Things you really shouldn't laugh at. Yeah. They're the worst. But I, something when the camera's on me, I always kept going to the bitter end, which is a shame in a way, because if I'd been a little bit loose, loose-mouthed and swore a bit as a vicar, I think I might have earned a few quid on one of those <laughs> programmes. Yes. yes. True. Yes. You know, because things did It'll go It'll be wrong. all right on the night we'll yeah, be paying you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it had crossed my mind. There's a, there, there are a few, um, I don't know if you've ever looked on YouTube, but there are a few of the outtakes yes. from, from it. Yes. Um, and interestingly, there are quite a few of Dame Patricia Routledge um, fluffing her lines and things like that. And yet I gather she's exceptionally professional as, a, as an actress and, you know, takes, takes it all very, very seriously. But obviously she had fun as well when she was recording it. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's not without a sense of humour at all. And yes, she does have... A huge discipline of, I mean, she, she, I don't think she ever went out in the evening when we were rehearsing. You know, she'd be looking at the next pages and whatever. And she'd, so, she, you know, it didn't happen by accident mm. with her. She, I think she always had an outward, uh, an inward eye um, watching the quality of her work, which is nearly always good. But, of course, she did make mistakes and she fluffed because people, mm-hmm. like I just did then, people um, do that as part of um, when you've got a huge workload and all those words and the comedy, of course things are going to screw up slightly. Mm. So I'm not surprised there's bloopers, but she'd laugh like the next one. Mm. Mm. It's rather interesting because in Harold Snowd's book that is uh, fascinating, I don't, have you ever read it? Do you know, I haven't. I, I didn't... Th- I, it never occurred to me. I didn't even know he'd written one, actually. But um, then it has been it's mentioned. It's electric. Well, I looked mm. at, online to get a copy of it. Yeah. And it was an absolute fortune mm. they were asking yeah, for. Right so but there's I'll a, send you mine. You can borrow it. Well, send it back, please. Really but nice. I will look after <laughs> it. We could do Vicar, Vicar's the, Book Club. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Imagine if the vicar stole your book. Yeah. <laughs> I would never do that, yeah, of no. course. <laughs> That'd be a story to tell. Um, but what's rather interesting in the book is that... Um, uh, Harold Snow talks about all of the cast and you get the impression, he talks about the fact that the, the whole cast would socialise a lot and it was a very kind of sociable um, affair, except for Patricia Routledge, who wouldn't kind of be a part of that. Was it because she was a bit standoffish at times or was it, as you just said, because she just she took her responsibility in it so seriously that she wanted to study that script all the time? She hadn't got time for the you know, socialising in the evening. Well, I mean, she did carry the show for the most part, Mm. so I'm sure um, the workload would have dictated how much time she got to relax during rehearsals. But Pat does have this air about her when she used to walk into the rehearsal room. 
It was almost as if the Queen Mother was <laughs> entering the room. Yeah. There was something about somebody was there. Yeah. I mean, she's a dame now, of course, which mm-hmm. is wonderful news, but it came as no surprise. <laughs> I <think it> sat <laughs> very easily, very comfortably. So did she ever, did she tell people off in the cast? You know, if people... Um, talked when she was talking was she? occasionally you'll yes. get some I remember I had one occasion where I was I'm quite proud of this really she called me a blithering idiot <laughs> oh <laughs> what had you done well it was <laughs> this was when I sent off set off the fire alarms in hotel oh. <laughs> about one in the morning Down on us, pal. Well, it was was a long time ago, and I mean, even though I wouldn't go near one now, occasionally I'd have a cigarette. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple of pints in the pub or whatever, nothing, you know, more than that. Um, But I thought, and I had a smoking room, and I thought, I know, I'll have a quick fag, watch something on television, and uh, and then fall asleep. And uh, anyway, within two minutes, the uh, the fire alarm was hooting away, flashing lights. Um, within five minutes, I got half the Northamptonshire Fire Brigade in my room. <laughs> uh, it was just a Sounds horrible, lovely. horrible thing. And of course, you think, oh my God, is this a, is this a smoke smoking room? Is it a non smoking room? And it, it, I was in the right, and it shouldn't yeah. have happened, oh. but it was me. Right. So when Pat phoned down, I think just before the fire brigade had happened. <laughs> oh, I hope she was so in the room. I hoped you were going to say she appeared in the corridor looking like Hyacinth to <laughs> no, be woken I, up by a fire alarm. No, she was preparing herself for that moment. <laughs> and uh, she, she I, I think because I was a bit nervous, really, because I said, oh, well, it's sort of funny, isn't it? Really? No, it's not, you blithering idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, in the fullness of time, when a very embarrassed vicar went out and apologised to everybody, but did say, look, um, it's a yeah. faulty alarm. She was very nice, and the next day she apologised. Which mm. takes, that's a, nice, yeah. takes a bit of guts, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, that's For being good. snappy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And was that the only time she told you off? <laughs> uh, I was trying to think about this. Yeah, I think it was, actually. I think what, yes, I think it was. And Jeremy, we'll hear more from you after these messages. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, Bucketheads. Jonathan and I are honoured to be talking to Jeremy Gittins, who played the vicar in Keeping Up Appearances. There's obviously with, with and this is no secret, it's written about in Harold Snow's book, and, and if you if anyone is a fan of, of Keeping Up Appearances, they're probably aware that Dame Patricia, up until recently, and until the Channel 5 documentary that we had uh, at the start of 2023, has been slightly reticent to talk about her role as Hyacinth Bouquet. Can you understand that to, to any extent as to why an actor or an actress would would not want to talk about what is arguably her most iconic role that she has that she has done in certainly within the Zeitgeist? Uh, I mean, that's a hard one. I think the thing with Pat is she has got a, a fantastic CV and she's played Amazing. lots of disparate roles. Mm. So there's plenty of range there. And she is perfect hmm. for Hyacinth. And she does it extraordinarily well. I could not imagine anybody else playing that part. No. And I do understand the reluctance of somebody wanting to be remembered as something, um, somebody hmm. in a sitcom. I mean, it doesn't worry me, and it's a genre like anything else. Hmm. But certainly within showbiz, there is, a, I think, there's a little bit of snobbiness there. Mm. And not many film actors end up being doing comedies on televisions. Um, and there's you know, just a bit of old-fashioned sniffiness, perhaps. So she probably wanted to be known more for a theatre role that she got. I know she didn't. She Wasn't she nominated or got an Emmy for something she did? Uh, Tony. Yeah. Tony, yeah. Yeah. Tony, of course. Yeah. Um, um, so I think there's plenty of more performances apart from Hyacinth. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, having said that... It's, it was so successful, and without her, I'm sure it wouldn't have been as successful. Mm. And I would have thought it's, um, well, it's you know, she'd probably got a rather nice uh, conservatory and <laughs> big cover yes, room for a pony. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and a stable lad. Was yeah. it, I, I, I don't mean to be uh, to be indiscreet, but was it well paid for the for the time that it was all being done? Um, I don't know what um, what Pat was on, but yes, it was. It was. It was the thing at that time. Mm. You were on old repeat uh, system. Yeah, it's different now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's different yeah. now. So, so, so. Um, yes, very different now. In fact, the, B the BBC did a, a, a deal with Equity about five years ago. So it, 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 even for me, 
who probably be, would be at one of the bottom of the pay list. It got more interesting as the series got mm, on. Yeah. But it's been a significant earner for me mm. that uh, you know, it, to have at the beginning of every year from, I suppose, even 25 years after it finished, mm. it was a nice little start to the year. So do you still get checks for it yeah, now? Yeah, you do, yeah. Fabulous. Nice. I mean, they're not as good since the BBC with with the advent of um, uh, streaming, streaming, etc., mm. etc. Et it all becomes rather uh, diluted. Yeah, uh, which is annoying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, no, it, it it was very good. So I mean, it's it's always a two edged sword that mm. because I think what does happen, um, and I'm sure one of the reasons that Pat wouldn't want to talk about it or perhaps didn't want to do any more, is uh, because you, something about situation comedy is that it's very hard to do to be taken seriously on many other roles on television mm. if the casting director has got you in the light comedy draw yeah and whereas people afterwards have done lots of plays etc etc i don't know how many how many of us have done a whole load of television after it mm. what did you do after it oh uh, quite a lot i cried from year after year Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was... Uh, I, I, I was You've done I was, EastEnders. So yes, yeah. I've done... Play, I was sort of just yeah. classic working actors. EastEnders, Casualty, casualty Midsummer Murder, uh, Blackadder, uh, lots of plays. Did uh, quite a few plays uh, for a company that takes some starts off at the Raffles Hotel in Singapore. Oh, I'm off to Singapore on Friday. Oh, are you yes. really? Oh, yes. lovely. Do I need to go and buff your plaque or something? I've had worse offers. It's the most lovely theatre, actually. Yeah, I've never been. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. Um, oh, no, I think Singapore. Eat for food. It's fantastic. Mm. Just wonderful place. No, I'm very excited. Yes, I'm yeah. surprised. You're just going there or anywhere else? Uh, and then to Langkawi in Malaysia. Oh, lovely. I've yes. never been there. Yeah, so just whilst we're, we're there. there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, it's oh, going to be gorgeous. nice. Um, if you had to pick your dream role to do, or sort of type of play, whether it was drama, comedy, musical theatre, something involving tap, do you have a specific, uh, you know, thing that when the, your agent says, oh, we've got this offer come through, whether it's a sitcom or a drama or a Shakespeare, do you have a, a genre in particular that you love doing? No, I, I tend to get cast more in comedy. I really enjoy mm. it. Um but not no, not particularly. The most the most uh, pleasurable recent roles. I think I really enjoyed playing Sir Charles Gurney in uh, the Ruling Class. A very mm. very good production of that. It's a brilliant play. Uh, it's not without its comedy, but it's a very much a straight part. A wonderful right. wonderful play. But in terms of parts I've enjoyed over the years, Frankenfurter and the Rocky Horror Show is mm. a very hard part not to enjoy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, how often do you get a fantastic costume like that? Yeah, rock band behind you. Talking of your uh, career after Keeping Up Appearances, I know when the news came that there would be no more series. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do, do you remember feeling disappointed at that particular time? Because there, there was talk, wasn't there, of some kind of spin-off potentially with Onslow and yes, Daisy? Yes. I never thought that would happen, only because the amount of talk you get of spin-offs happening, and they, in my experience, they never do. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done loads of pilots as well that have never made it into series, so it's even harder to do go in that direction. But at the time, I thought, well, that's disappointing. That's the new carpet in the living room postponed for another <laughs> year. Uh, 
So uh, for this last 40 years, we've just been stepping on underlay. <laughs> you know, who cares? We don't have any friends. They don't come around anyway. Um, but I did, I did think... Um, I, I did think, well, things door, doors have to shut for other opportunities to come along. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've kept myself pretty busy over mm. the years. I'm not so much now, and I don't particularly want to be now. Mm. I'm a very, very bad golfer <laughs> and uh, play a lot with the Stage Golfing Society and we have mm. lots of laughs. I mean, it's loads of laughs, very bad sports, um, but... but it's quite, I enjoy my life really just doing occasional plays mm. and uh, oh, it'd be lovely to do a nice telly or whatever and they've come along fantastic yeah. but, oh. you were recently in the uh, Channel 5 documentary about it and there was something you said in that that I thought was fascinating you said that you'd never met Roy Clark the writer and in fact have never met him to this day no I was open mouthed when I heard you say that, why, why have you never met the man that wrote your part and the man that wrote Keeping Up Appearances? Well, I think there was a disconnect between Roy Clark and Harold Snowd. Mm. I mean, I think it apparently, I'm sure it's probably do- documented. Documented in the book. book. And I think Very it was mentioned clearly, a little yeah. bit in the Channel yeah. 5. Yeah, yeah. so, so um, for some reason, something had happened that meant the two of them were never in the same room. Mm. So there was a conduit between Harold and Roy... Well, the series was on, sending notes and scripts and back and forth. Um, but Roy never managed to uh, come to a recording. Or... Supposedly, when he was sort of, he'd written a script, he felt that, well, that was his job done. He was just a, a script writer, quite an old fashioned approach, really. And the script yeah. went off, you respected the scripts, you did the script as written, and then he produced another one, which seems extraordinary now because so many script writers and showrunners, as they're now called, are. Uh, are so hands-on, yes, and are micromanagers, yes, yeah, yeah. Which is which? Is, did did any of the tension that there existed between uh, Harold and Roy, or, or any other members of cast and crew, affect what was going on on a day-to-day basis? No, no, it didn't no. really affect us at all. It was it was just a shame because it would be quite nice to have heard it um, things from the horse's mouth, mm. so to speak. You know, what, why did you write that, or what did you envisage mm. him to be, or at the beginning? Um, and you ha- are you happy with what's going on? We never got that, but um, frankly, as long as Harold's not happy, then mm. it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because I mean, Keeping Up Appearances was brilliant, and it was one of those one-off uh, comedies that just has a magic to it. And it's, it's, it's an impossible question, really, to answer, but I wonder whether, if there hadn't been that creative tension between Harold Snowd and Roy Clark, mm. is there a chance that some of that magic wouldn't have happened? I mean, is there... Did the tension, in some ways, actually assist Keeping Up Appearances? I don't know. It might have happened in uh, helped in the later series, uh, perhaps where where the, the scripts weren't supposedly as thorough as they were mm. originally. I'm only saying supposedly because I didn't see them. Well, until Harold they, Snow uh, talks about writing some of it himself. That's what I mean. Mm. Yes, and I think and, I th- and also I think Pat did as well. So that must have been quite tiresome. Mm. You know, big workload anyway. Let alone uh, to finishing thing. things off. But of course, I only hear it from that side. Yeah. Um, and were you when you were sent a script? Were you just sent your pages, or did you see the oh, no, how you saw the, it, whole, you saw the whole episode? Yeah. Oh yeah, I felt very yeah. posh. Because <laughs> when you when you're a younger actor, you think, oh, there's a couple of pages there, but you're happy because you've got yeah. a job. Yeah. But once you start getting the whole script, you start thinking, yeah, I've arrived here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Do Good. you keep in touch with your wife? <laughs> 
Are we not talking? Sure, not the sure Vickers wife. Vickers wife. I was going to say, she was there last time I talked. <laughs> no, I did keep in touch with Marion. She's a really nice girl. Um, she used to live in Putney. I, I think she's moved, got a couple of children. We don't know. Hmm. But she was a really, really nice person. Yeah. We've yeah. been around there for dinner and vice versa around our place. For a candlelight supper. Of course. Yes, of course. Right. Did you have, and have you had friends kind of subsequently inviting you to a candlelight supper? Not until now. <laughs> <laughs> William, we, we, sh- we, we should have embellished this. <laughs> I, t- I know, we should have had a candlelight supper with the vicar. I do have a candelabra. Oh, you and do, do we, you? Yes, I do. Oh, when I you. have friends around for dinner, I always have the candelabra. <laughs> yeah. Of which William has been at many of my soirees. Yes, I polished it as well. <laughs> Don't admit that to the yes, vicar, exactly, William. Exactly. <laughs> Jonathan has a, a laissez-faire attitude with cl- uh, silver cleaning. Oh, all right. <laughs> Give away all of my secrets, why don't you? I'm not good at cleaning my silver. No, no but he's good at cleaning everything else. <laughs> yes, that's true. If you ever need a Spanish cleaning product, Jonathan's your man. Spanish? Yes. Very true. I love Spanish cleaning products. Do you? They have an extra je ne sais quoi. Oh, well, that's, that's nice French. to hear. I have yes. to say, as a younger actor, I used to, used to do quite a few commercials for Spain. Oh. You'd often be seen in Barcelona flogging some bathroom cleaner. One particular... Bathroom cleaner. Bathroom, did I say? No, no, bath. <laughs> bathroom. Like Barcelona. Can you remember um, what it was called? Barcelona. Yeah. Sorry? What was it called? One was called Sif. Well, I think <laughs> I believe we have that yes, here. Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs> but it was called Jiff at the my, time. My agent probably said, oh, we've got some good news and some bad news. What's the bad news? You've got the SIF. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they pay well. Oh, they pay yes, very well, yes. yeah. It's a glamorous world. Mm, <laughs> it's yes. strange. I remember, yeah, I used to do quite a few things over in Spain. Nice. Uh, yeah. So for various reasons that we won't go into, Jonathan in his spare time, when he's not using a Spanish cleaning product, <laughs> likes to create the cast of Keeping Up Appearances as scarecrows. This started off with, obviously, Hyacinth came first, then we did Onslow, then Richard, etc. And you are in scarecrow form uh, as, as the vicar. Uh, Jonathan is finding the photograph now of, of all of the, the cast recreated in straw form uh, and i think you'll be you'll be deeply touched you currently <laughs> live in my loft <laughs> but i'm afraid i had to give your cassock back to the real bit well you so would I'm, I'm afraid you're you're naked as a jaybird <laughs> <laughs> not in my surplus <laughs> i can't find the Didn't, what there, happened to hyacinth Go didn't a, ma- a mouse get into her breast no um so <laughs> hyacinth's tits keep going droopy <laughs> Happens to all of us. <laughs> I mean, they're stuffed with straw, obviously. Yes. Certainly one of them is now well, well. halfway down her stomach. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, here we go. Oh, at last. Right, so here's the photograph, Jeremy. So here is the photograph with you in prime position. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. Oh, excellent. Oh, how do I make this sound? Yeah, there, there are you. There's you. <laughs> There's my sister Rose. There's Hyacinth. And Richard and Onslow. Oh, brilliant. Oh, excellent. That's really good. I love your Onslow. How the hell do you get those legs like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Good for you. But I, I, um, I had a slight rat infestation in my house this winter. Right. So I think... 
my sister Rose's legs have gone. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have one, I don't know about William, but I have one final question for you. Uh, would you say that being in Keeping Up Appearances is is one of the proudest moments of your life? Yes. Thank yes. goodness you said that. I had a horrible <laughs> feeling you were going to say no. So you don't regret it in any way? <laughs> oh, not in the no. slightest. Yeah. I mean, we never know what we would have done had we not done certain things. And there is a downside to, 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 to certain jobs. It made you, it kept you uh, tied up for quite a lot mm. of the year, for five, six years. Um, but no, I was more than happy. I mean, the very fact that some people, when they leave drama school, they'll think, well, I'm going to be a serious actor. I'm going to do classics and I'll keep myself away from any commercials or, mm. or, or dinner theatres or whatever. Or other rivers decide, let's go out there and if you fancy doing the job and it's well paid, just do it. Um, so I was never somebody who wanted, who thought myself, no, I only want to do films and telly. I'd do whatever it was. Well, thank you for doing it because yeah. it me the keeping up appearances means so much to us, and it means so much to our listeners. And you were a massive part of it, and we're very grateful to you, and we're so grateful for you coming in and having afternoon tea in the Royal Dalton <laughs> with us. Well, thank you very much. No, it's been really enjoyable. Thank you very much, Jeremy. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.